This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the podcast for alpaca people. So good to see you again. In the previous episode, I started talking about three foundations of being a better alpaca shepherd. These were one, how to make decisions. Two, noticing and understanding what you're seeing. And three, how to learn. There is so much to be said about all of these, and no doubt I'll be coming back to them again in the future. But for this week, I wanted to look a bit further at this whole question of how to make decisions. We have to make decisions all the time, and some will be bigger than others. As I said last time, we don't need to decide whether we feed and water the alpacas today. The answer is always going to be yes. But we can have a whole range of questions that we've already answered in advance, just like that. And you know how much I think that's a good idea. It saves time and it saves mental and emotional energy. It's already decided. However, with alpacas, you never quite know what new adventure might be just around the corner. Something you would never have thought of in advance. I came down to feed the girls the other day and I could see there was a collection of them on their way down the slope, away from the stable. They spotted me immediately and started to come back ready to be fed. As I got to the tack room to get the food ready, I noticed there was a traffic jam near the hay store, and discovered that there were two alpacas inside the hay store, with the gate just slightly ajar. But they were stuck. Now, I know I'm forgetful at times, but I'm convinced I closed the gate completely the night before. Somebody has been learning how to nudge open the gate to the hay store so they can help themselves. Now, who might that be? The usual suspects? Or someone surprising? I know that Amelia likes to get in there, but I'm not sure she would open the gate. The two faces you can see in the picture on the website are Talia and Shoned. If you'd asked me in advance... I'm not sure I would have identified either of those as the most likely to be inside the hay store. Of course, it may have been one of the others that went in there originally, and it just happened to be that those two got stuck, but we will never know. I will have to decide whether to engage in mechanical fixing to secure the gate, which normally just goes back against the wall, or just to keep concentrating on closing it. There was no harm done, and it did make me smile. But I do need to think about what I should do. That was a minor question, really. But I discovered Nona needed some intervention over breakfast. One of the straps for her coat had become loose, and the Velcro does not stick so well when it has a lot of hay debris stuck in it. I managed to persuade her to stand still while I got a bit closer. However, as soon as I started taking hold of the strap, she knew what I was trying to do and sat down. (laughs) It's amazing how heavy she gets when she wants to. It's almost like she turned on the high-gravity switch. Eventually, I managed to push enough of the strap underneath her and catch the other end to get it to stick again. Job done. The next day, the strap was loose again, and Nona was not coming anywhere near the feeding troughs. She was over by the 
hay feeder. I collected a new bag of food from the store and took a detour near where she was stood, and this meant I could encourage her to go to the troughs and have some food. However, there was no way she was going to stand still and risk me getting involved with the coat again, and she ran for it. She has a slightly dodgy front foot, and I was amazed at how fast she can go when she wants to. I manoeuvred her in sort of the right direction, but she ended up in the stable paddock, and I had to use all of my ingenuity and my deviousness to persuade her down into the stable area. She entered the stable, and as soon as I came near, she sat down. (laughs) I had the repeat experience of trying to force the strap underneath her. My extreme interest in Nona produced protective attention from a couple of the other alpacas, and I was lucky not to come away with green hair. We managed to get it sorted, and I left her to it, but breathing hard from the effort of having done the simple job of putting the strap back under her belly. Uh, That's me breathing hard, not her. The decision here was to leave it until later or to engage with it immediately. I have some history with alpaca coats, and I know that once they start to become loose, it is easy for them to get even more out of place. And like alpaca houdinis, they will get free from the equivalent of a straitjacket. This meant that I had to deal with it at the time. Another factor was the weather which was not too bad at that point, but I knew it was going to be cold that night. So the lesser evil was to sort out the disconnected strap rather than have to persuade Nona later to let me put her coat back on again. The two major factors in a situation like this are how am I and how are they? If I'm not in the right place mentally or physically to cope with whatever's needed, it may well be better to leave it until another time. In the case of the coat, I needed to deal with it now rather than it become a bigger problem. But the other factor then is how they are. And sometimes if they're stressed, it really is better to leave it. So what would you do? Or what do you do? What's the process of decision-making that you follow? I think it's a challenge to know sometimes whether you're doing the right thing. Does that make the decision-making more difficult? I think it can do. So along with the, all these other things of, do I do it now? Do I do it later? How am I? How are they? There's also the question of, is this heading in the right direction? That's one of the reasons I was suggesting that if you're not so good or they're not so good, that you don't pursue it. It's better to have a positive experience than something that's a bit of a problem for the future, because it's going to be storing up difficulties that you just don't want, don't need, don't need to add into the mix. So is it leaning in the right direction? Are you heading the right way? Is this a step that's going to help you? Um, You need to decide. It's another factor to take into account. Sometimes there's no right answer. Oh, that's a problem. I like right answers. But sometimes... Either there's not a lot of difference between them or it's a choice between something bad and something really bad. There's no right answer, no easy answer, no straightforward solution. We do need to, in situations like this, to make a decision and we do the best we can. And then we have to live with the decision we've made. And if we need to make another one, we make another one. If we need to adjust what we've done, we adjust what we've done. But we need to move forward and we need to be leaning 
in the right direction. So it's heading towards the overall goal of being good alpaca shepherds, of being people who are caring for the animals in the best way that we can. Think in advance. Don't do it all on the hoof. So all that planning stuff is important. Make the best decision you can for you and the animal. How are you? How are they? And if it's a sunny day, spend a bit of time thinking about what you're doing before you have to do it. Remember, close the gates in advance and plan for moving them in a sensible way without any shouting or flurry of activity. Today, I was just about to go down and uh, feed them. And then there was this this shout. It was a loud cry. And they all were galloping back away from the garden paddock, which is where they were heading to. They hadn't got there, but they were heading that direction. And I don't know what they saw. Was it a bird? Was it, I suppose it could have been a fox late afternoon. Mm, yeah, possibly. And so they're all looking that direction. There's some in advance of the others standing there, ready fully attentive ears up head up standing on their well, standing not quite standing on their toes but they stand erect they they definitely stand erect. so they're there present ready for anything and we couldn't see anything i just kept trying to look i i took a different route down there and and tried to see if i could find what it was that had spooked them but i couldn't and uh there we are that was just one of those things that you never know what's coming next so generally, they seem to be happy. They're enjoying the food, enjoying the hay, and they're still eating the grass when it's not covered in frost. It was cold this morning with a lot of frost. It was kind of soft frost. Yeah, it wasn't crisp, crisp. The ground wasn't really hard, but it was firm enough. But there was a lot of frost on the grass. So they have to wait <laughs> till it all thaws and uh, becomes damp rather than frosty. They don't like. don't seem to like eating the ice. I don't know why. Or perhaps I do. So, uh, yeah, so they were out. Now, the boys on the on the other side, you know, I'd say they go up in the into the sun. Um, but they, and their field, is, it's quite, it's on the slope opposite the house. So I see them first thing in the morning when I throw open the curtains. And there's a diagonal path that goes up that slope on the hillside. And about halfway up is where they tend to congregate and sit. And then as the sun appears at the top, they'll they'll go up higher. And uh, but they're not too far away from where the <laughs> where the food might be coming in a short while, so they are doing well. They, they, they I lost one. I counted them. I could see Howell was down the bottom, leaning over the fence, trying to talk to the girls as always, and the others were at the top in the sun. And I counted them. There was only eight. Eight. There should be nine. Where's the, where's number nine? And then I realised that what I was looking on that bank over there, there's a lot of bracken which is kind of fern, but it's very brown at the moment. And it was just the same colour as Joseph. Joseph's alpaca fleece is just the same colour <laughs> as the bracken. So he actually sat down, and but it got he just got lost in the bracken, so I couldn't see him. So I go, do I need to go find him? I'm not sure. Why can I only see eight? And, uh, and then they decided, oh, I think we ought to go down. So they all got up, and, and then I could see he was clearly there. I thought I'd spotted his head. And I did get my binoculars out and I thought I'd seen him. But yeah, as soon as he stood up, yeah, there there he is. So that was interesting. But yeah, the boys are regularly on that and they they came down for their, their food. They're enjoying it. They're clearing it all up. And sometimes they're thirsty and they seem to go through the water a lot quicker than other times. 
Yeah, I guess they're not getting as much from the grass. But uh, they're still doing their routine up into the sun, along down the diagonal to the, the field at the end, which is full of grass. So they spend some time and then they work their way back for the afternoon. The girls do do a reverse and they go through the trees down onto the the bank side, um, not the field bank side, but the, the bank that's above the lake. And later in the morning and into the afternoon, they get sun on there so they can sit in the sun. And uh, I do like having those red coats. I can see where they are, the ones that I need to worry about. I can see them nicely stood out, even at a far distance. So that's a bit of a, a roundup of what's happening in the valley with the girls and how to make decisions. Well, a little bit about how to make decisions. Hopefully there's some interesting thoughts there. I'm still thinking myself about how I make decisions and I'm trying to kind of stand back and observe myself. Uh, but I, I've got some good theories which I need to put into practice for myself. So if you've got any thoughts, I'd love to hear them at steve at alpacatribe.com. I'd love to hear from you and we can share them with everybody else. Thanks for being here. You are a star. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for listening. And if you can, go spend some time with an alpaca. And if you really can, <laughs> try and find some afternoon sun to sit in. Yeah. Take care. Bye for now. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.